Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 76, or the Oakland Raiders, the Boston Celtics, let's go, the Oakland A's, or the Montreal Canadiens episode, so quality, quality year there. I am your host, as always, Tej Butler, sitting next to me, my good friend, good man, Big Dill. Dill, how are you today, man? Some high praises there. I don't know if those are all true, but uh, doing fine. Uh, it's a good old Saturday afternoon. Sure, sure. Excited to have the weekend off. Uh, no plans, you know, just recording a good old podcast. Uh, other than that, let's see how Doge is doing. Hey, absolutely. Doge, how are you all the way up in Cleveland, man? Doge? No complaints, man. Uh, we are just hanging, enjoying the... Enjoying the weekend and uh, looking forward to, to having a great pod with you guys. So, looking, absolutely, getting into it. Yeah, we've got a great one for you, Doge. I'm glad you mentioned that because we've got a guest on our show today, which means it's going to be a great episode. On top of that, we've got some incredible topics. So, let's let's just let me give you a little breakdown here. First quarter, Father Tom versus Father Time, a little Tampa action. Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. We're going to break that down and talk about that a little bit. In the old second quarter, we're going to talk to me talking about the NCAA Blue Blood Blues. A lot of the Blue Bloods in the NCAA um, not looking so hot right now. And then in the second half of our, our show, we're going to dedicate our third and fourth quarters completely to our interview with FCC insider Laurel Failer. She's got a lot of good content for you, so you're going to want to stay tuned to the end of the show for that if you're an FC Cincinnati fan It is some great stuff. But first, before we go any further, gentlemen, we don't want to get hurt on this episode, so we've got to stretch it out. We've got to warm it up. Big deal. I'm giving it to you first. I know you needed a little extra time to warm up. What do you got for us? (laughs) Yeah, so for my warm-up, I'm actually cooling it down. Oh. A little weather report. Okay. Uh, Here in the Midwest, or specifically Cincinnati, Ohio, um, we've had some snow recently. Yeah. Okay. This is probably the most snow that we've had in, in what, three, four, five years? I heard ten, uh, honestly. I mean, ten, okay. Even, it's been a decade since we've had the snow that we've had the last week or so. Um, with that, we're expected to have more snow coming up. But, not even more, man. Like, I mean, we're supposed to be in almost a foot and a half of snow come Monday. Yep. So with that, you know, obviously people, if you're on the road, there's a potential for sliding around. Uh, Cleveland, I understand that it's been a little hectic with the snow up there as well. I think the Cavaliers as a team have get... been have been sliding down their own road of the season here so far. They have lost six straight. They are now 14th in the East. And they are looking primo demo for another good draft pick here. So we cannot get a break on any of our games, it seems. Struggling offensively, struggling defensively. Um, all around, just not a good effort here in the last uh, couple weeks. About I think we're two and eight in the last ten. Whew. So tough. we're we're struggling here, and it's uh, very tough. Those midseason uh, qualms, you know. I so. guess. I guess. Um, uh, Doge, what do you got here for a warm up? So last night, the Los Angeles Lakers played the Memphis Grizzlies, and they started off pretty slow uh they yep. actually got down 20 points it was 22 to 2 
at one point that they trailed. Oh. But the king is the king for a reason, and Anthony Davis went off as well, and the Lakers were able to to bring the game back, and they actually wound up winning by 10 at the end of it. So a 30-point swing there for the Lakers and the reigning champs. Uh, heck of a game. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but the stat line and, and the records there speak for themselves. They, uh, they certainly had a hell of a game and were able to bring it back. So impressive stuff from the King and, and the Lake Show. Absolutely. Yeah, I know uh, I will say the free throw disparity was a bit uh, bit interesting there, Doge. Eight free throws for the Grizzlies, 29 for the Lakers. So what are you going to do? It's the King. He's going to get his calls. AD as well. So, um, No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just busting the Lakers' chops. What a great comeback. They're, they're looking great this season. Grizzlies are – a tough team to beat, so that's a good win for them. And, and, you know, of course the Lakers are rolling, so what can we expect? Um, all right, I'll warm it up for you here. I've got um, two brief little ones here for for you. So FC Cincinnati making a major splash in their signing, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Brazilian striker from Sao Paulo, um, Brenner is his name. He was going to be potentially signed by teams like Juventus or Arsenal, PSG, He's only 21, um, and so he's uh, you know got a lot of room to grow, but is already really really talented, and um, looking forward to big things from him. But like I said, we're going to touch on that in our interview in the second half, and then um, real quick, huge uh, UFC card tonight actually. Usman versus Burns. These guys actually train together, so that's one of the first times I've witnessed that. It might have happened before, but um, you know, two of these guys that fight each other every single day are actually fighting for the you know the world title tonight, which isn't something that happens. So. That'll be interesting because there's not any bad blood between those guys, so it might be a real real nice fight. And then there's a bunch of other really great fights on there. I know Macy Barber's fighting there tonight. Um, and then uh, just another couple good ones. So really good card, and uh, really should check that out if you're interested in the, in the UFC. So let's move it on here. First quarter, like I said, Tampa Bay Buccaneers win Super Bowl 55. First team to ever win at home, Tom Brady. Seven rings now, more than any NFL franchise just the ultimate winner um <clears throat> just give me your takeaways and your you know reactions to the big game and then i'm gonna go a little give me your over under on nine rings for tom and then five seasons as well so dill uh i guess you guys are both kind of tampa guys so who wants to take it first i'll take a back seat on this one if doge wants to go ahead with uh with this one right now okay doge I can run with it. Uh, yeah, I was a I was a Tampa Bay guy growing up. I wouldn't say that that's really carried over into my adulthood life, but uh, you know, I, I was pulling for the Chiefs. I, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. Obviously, last pod for all those that listened in, uh, that was my prediction. I didn't see the Bucks coming out and winning. Thought it was going to be a good game, but uh, you know, really impressive stuff from Tom. Um, obviously, winning with a completely different team shuts down all the haters that were saying he was a system quarterback you know a few years back i was one of the guys that would have told you that exact same thing that belichick's system in the in the new england um you know dynasty that they formed that it was you know belichick kind of leading the way and tom was able to work well with that system obviously he's proved us all wrong in that sense um just really impressive uh no crazy numbers from him you know it was another 500 yard super bowl but when it was all said and done, they were able to get out and uh, and score and remain productive. And um, obviously, his connection with Gronk 
uh, almost seems unchanged when it comes to playing in Super Bowls. They just have some sort of crazy connection. So uh, really, really fun to watch there. And, uh, you know, I was I was incredibly impressed um, by, by what they were able to do. And he's really solidified himself as the GOAT, uh, being able to, to win with multiple teams and, and playing at the level he has at the age he's at now is, is something truly incredible. So um, fun Super Bowl to watch um, and, and obviously history being made there. So um, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll admit to being wrong and, and still enjoy doing it at the set sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm. <clears throat> uh, I don't think anybody thought the game was going to go the way that it did. You know, there's a bunch of crazy stats going around. Like Pat Mahomes had to run for 497 yards in the pocket, or like back around in the pocket. Um, you know, just was getting chased all over the place. So I don't think anybody really anticipated the offensive line being such of an impact that it was. But. Um, just, just real quick on just some goat stuff here. All the Peyton Manning is the greatest QB fans. I'm sorry. Time to pour one out. It's over. You know, the last thing they could hold on to was, you know, well, Peyton's won, you know, quarterback or Super Bowls for two different teams and in two different divisions here, you know. And now Tom Brady has is, is won it in multiple divisions, multiple conferences. He's the only QB to win Super Bowls in three different decades. And more and more accolades keep racking up as, as he keeps playing. So um, he's undeniably the GOAT, and, you know, that was proven. He, he looked great. He is the same age, uh, I believe, as Drew Brees, who did not look like he could carry on and play multiple seasons. Like, we're asking in this thing, you know, could Tom Brady play five seasons? You know, Drew Brees is not even going to be – I couldn't put two seasons down for Drew Brees. Like, he might have one more, if that. Tom Brady – He does. I will say the under for seasons, but I guarantee you I'll be wrong because this guy doesn't quit. And, like, he doesn't look like he's bad at all. He looks like he's still at the top of his game, if not maybe even better than he ever has been. You know, he might not have the full-blown 70-yard bombs, but they didn't have training camp this year. He didn't have time to work with his receivers. You know, it's a brand-new team, and he still won the dang Super Bowl. So, I I don't know, like... One of the coaches said that, you know, if we probably needed eight more games to be at our best peak, like they were still getting better. So I don't want to see what – I mean, we're going to see what they look like, but I don't want to run into them, you know, eight games into next year. You know, they might be super good. So uh, he can recruit other players. They're going to have a full off season. So I'm taking the – for the Super Bowls, I'm taking a push. I think he could get nine. Two more seems realistic to me, man. Just get that trilogy down in, in, in Tampa and then walk off into the sunset. But – I wouldn't be surprised if he got more, but I could also be surprised if it went on. Like, I don't know. You can't count this guy out at this point. He's undeniable. So if he wants to play five seasons and didn't win nine Super Bowls, ten Super Bowls, I certainly am not going to count him out because he's one guy who could do it. And that roster is built for it because they're young. They don't have a lot of big contracts in the right – or like in certain spots that are really impactful. So he's certainly going to have a chance to do both of those things. But either way – the parade was incredible, too, by the way. I mean, just a machine. <laughs> what, a, what a special moment. Dylan, <laughs> what do you got for us? What do you think? Um, so, I just want to say first, my prediction of the Chiefs losing is correct. I don't think they're going to win another one. What? Um, dude, I'm, hey, look, you know, until it happens, you know, I'm right right now. So, uh, I guess. Uh, no, so back to the Tom Brady goat conversation. There isn't a conversation. It stops there. It is what it is. 
He's a special... I don't even know if he's human. He might just... I'm just going to call him a specimen. Um, I think that if he goes five more years somehow, why not just try to be the first 50-year-old quarterback? Isn't that, wouldn't that just, put him at 50? I think he's 40... Or is he 43? He's like 43 right now. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, dude, just freaking... Just seven more years. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he gets like a couple more in and he's like, I mean, shit, I'm 47... I might as well make it to 50. What did Brett Favre play till? 64? No. I think 43. When did Brett Favre retire? Um, Okay. So, I think that he could go for 10 Super Bowls and 50 years old as a quarterback. Why not? Until somebody proves otherwise... Why not? But, you know, maybe things change with him personally, and he's like, hey, look, my kids are getting older. I want to spend more time with them before they're out of the house. You know, that could be something that pops up. Maybe Giselle's like, hey. Are you kidding me? Dude, I don't know. There's no chance on that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm saying that's a scenario that we have to consider when putting in, you know, how long is he going to play. Um, the dude <clears throat> doesn't think he can get sunburnt. Because he drinks so much water. There's no way his wife's going to be like, Hey, Tom, you know, you need to get back here and take care of the kids. She's a supermodel. They probably have people that do that for him. So, he threw the Lombardi trophy from one boat to another. No one else will do that. Because he's got seven of them. He's like, this thing is nothing to me. Let me just launch it on over here. Yeah. He I operates mean, in just a different, like, just a whole different a, um, yeah, realm than I'm us. I mean, he has more rings than teams do. Than the most, the winning most franchises out there. Seriously, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's the only one with seven. Right. Yeah, he made so, the Patriots tied for one of the most, and then he went out and got his own. So, um, I mean, good for him. It was a fun year. Good for Bruce. I'm glad that he was able to kind of shut down some of the haters. Uh, I think that Tampa is going to be a huge recruiting, bringing in good players. I mean. Who wouldn't want to do that unless you're just like, hey, I want to beat him. You know what I mean? Like, I want to prove that people can beat him. Other than that, dude, the recruiting pool is whoever he wants and whoever I they mean, can have get. you heard the rumor already? No. Okay, I was going to ask you, have you heard the rumor already, Doge? Uh, I mean, no. I don't think so. Adrian Peterson is already like, I-, I need to get down there and win a ring. I would love that. Because Fournette's a free agent and they- he's probably going to get paid. Do you see that... Uh... Uh, Lombardi Lenny so, is what he call, he's calling himself now. He says. <laughs> Playoff um, Lenny to Lombardi Lenny. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy, two rings, zero yeah, snaps played. Back. Yep. I mean, just get AP down there, give him a ring. I mean, he looked good last year for Detroit. And, like... He could do what Leonard Fournette did, for sure. Yeah. Run hard. Yeah. Real hard, yeah. He's been doing that for years. Right. Especially if you got Rojo still there. Yeah. He's your main guy. It was a fun team. I'm glad that we were able to see it on the stage and, and that some of the primetime games throughout the year, we didn't look very good at all. But it was all for the greater cause of learning how to win, you know? Feeling the defeat, getting a taste for it, and then... So you, know. you really think Pat Mahomes is just Russell Wilson 2.0? Um, did you see the report, like... Apparently, Russ might be going to the Jets. I heard Cowboys, too. 
Like, that's... I love a good rumor, man. I love a good rumor. No, so... he just wants them to spend money on offensive line, which they're going to probably have to do now. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to do that now. So... But, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of rumors. That's for sure. Feels good to be a Bucks fan. I would have loved if the Browns could have beat the Chiefs to see Browns Bills, Browns Bucks, and then at that point, Bills Bucks would have been lame. Yeah, like I wouldn't have. The one that we got was was good. It's the one we needed, man. And it's the they, one we needed. They look great. I mean, I know Mahomes is. Dealing with an injury, he's already had his surgery on his toe. They get Duvernay Tardif back from Canada, man. That's a whole different ballgame, too. He's Pro Bowl tackle. JPP, dude, doesn't lose in the playoffs. He just doesn't lose. Yeah, that's crazy, actually. I mean, you know. Just undefeated in the Instead playoffs, of scheming, you know, how's he going to scheme against Pat Mahomes? It's, you know, how's Pat Mahomes going to scheme against him? That was a great interview with JPP right, before the funny. Super Bowl. He was right, though. So, yeah, dude, they're... They, I mean, hurt offensive line. You have a couple new guys in there. I mean, like... I, I didn't really see much success coming out of it. I mean, Pat Mahomes still played unreal. He played not even... I heard people saying he played poorly, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I think any other quarterback, it's just Sac City. Like, it looks like Cam Newton against, like, the Broncos that one year. It would have been, like, a 45-3 to game. Yes. It would have been in a complete blowout, like, so the, horizontally the two throws, throwing balls. Like, he's, like, just floating in the air, just launching balls. People just can't so hit him. So that like, throw, when it hit... Him on the money. Dude, they're hitting dude. him in the face. It's like, oh, my God. It hit God. him. It, if he threw it a little bit harder, it would have just stuck in his helmet. Right. Um, because it just hit him right in the face. You mask. want you want a white controller because he was literally levitating in the air. <laughs> the other, the <laughs> other throw, <laughs> it was towards the end of the game that we both thought, watching live, we were like, holy shit! Like, how did he catch? They might need to review that. Yeah. When he ran around, and then he oh, was the right Tariq, by the, yeah, right the, the sideline, and then he twirled around, threw it thirty yards down to the back of the end zone. There was a layout from the wide receiver. They did a replay, and you saw that the ball actually came out. But, I mean, still, the ball was inches away from the defender. He couldn't even tell where – I mean, he spun and threw. He didn't have any time to look. And the dude – I mean, the dude's – My mom quoted it, killer. too, and she was, like, saying is, like, he looked like Joe Burrow out there all season with no yeah. offensive line. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. He just run for his freaking life. Like, yeah. just getting smoked yeah. all day long. Which is just uh, – I hate to see it, but – for me, it was a great Super Bowl experience all around. Good food, good game, good halftime, good game. You know? Yeah, the weekend was really good. The weekend surprised me. He really came out there and did really well. I, I didn't know how the performance was going to go. I didn't. With right, not right. Having, not having a crowd out on the field and how they were going to set that up. Like, I think they should never have a crowd on the field again, the way they were able to have those performers all across the field, I thought that was sweet. Dude, I, I yeah. thought it looked cool. I really enjoyed it, and I wasn't sure what to expect. I know Dylan was was way getting old of those Pepsi commercials, <laughs> um, and so I hadn't minded them yet, but it was good to see all that. I thought, I don't know, just really good performance all around, Super Bowl, top to bottom. Yeah. Like, even though the Chiefs didn't score, which is crazy, like... They still put on a good fight, I thought. You know, at least for yeah, the it wasn't part. like three and out. Because at any point, drives, they were one like, launch away from being yeah. like, "Oh shoot, here we go." 
That's the that's and the that's the heat check Pat Mahomes for you, right? One Tyreek cheetah grab, you know, right. and it's like, oh well, it's a two score game, and Pat has ten minutes, right? But the, the offensive so. line was an issue. Hopefully, they'll figure that out or whatever it is. And I'm, I am complete opposite of you. I, there's, I think they'll be back even as early as next year. Browns. Oh my god. <laughs> Browns, Texans, and Dolphins. I'm calling. All right, the, what's your okay, AFC kidding, NFC Championship? Just real early, <laughs> two early predictions. I'm going Bucks, Rams, and the NFC. Oh. And I'm going Chiefs. And I want to say the Bills, but I'm not going to pick the Bills. And I'm going like, I'm going Colts with whoever they get. I think they're going to be really good. Chiefs, Browns, Browns are going to get better. Gonna be uh, Packers, Bucks. No Rams faith. Um, I think it might take a year. I think they're gonna win the Super Bowl next year. We'll see. Stafford's just nice, bro. Those are you uh, nice. you thinking over there, pondering or? He's or pondering. Yeah, muted? I, I for the NFC. I I agree with the repeat of of Packers, Bucks. And I'm trying to find a reason to not repeat the AFC. Yeah, dude. Bills. If the Ravens go out and get some weapons, maybe. I'm thinking that the the Bills could be... They just have that feel of that Jaguars team that had one what? great year. What? I don't think they're going to deplete like they did. But look, the Bills' defense... Two years ago, carried him. I think the Bills are around. The Bills defense has gotten worse every year. Meanwhile, the offense has gotten better. So it's a flip flop from the Jaguars, who had a monstrous defense. They've got like Philip Rivers charges written all over them, where they're like going to be like around. <sighs> okay, but sure. they might not be in the Super Bowl. But they're like you can never, you can never count them out. Don't count out old Phil and the Chargers. Yeah. And then they end up going like nine and four, and who knows? I don't know why I feel. Like but I that, think they'll but... be good. Josh Allen, if he gets nope. any better, man, he's going to be I think MVP. Them, them and Miami are going to compete for the division. I think they'll win the division for the next foreseeable future. But, I mean... If Deshaun goes somewhere, too, that could totally flip anything yeah. that we're saying. Yeah, like, like if, if he, he goes to Miami. 49ers. Miami, okay. too, for real, though. Like yeah. They would potentially be in it. Um, I don't know. We're like, we're like, Obviously, he's not going to go to the Colts, but, you know. I think the uh, the Ravens are going to be competitive. The Browns are, are looking like it's real with Stefanski. Bengals are knocking on that wild card next year. You heard it here first. But. Yeah. I mean, I think if he was healthy this year and they had any sort of help, that yeah, they could have we need some made a push. But He's just got a winning <clears throat> mentality. and like He just like brings winning around him. Like, he brings winning. I love it. I agree, though. If you put a gun to my head and made me choose the AFC Championship, I guess I would go with you, Dale, and say that I would go Chiefs-Browns. Oh, my gosh. The Browns are just going to be healthier, dude, and they almost made it there this year. All right, guys, well, we can't get into that right now. we got to move on to our second quarter here, which is the Blue Bloods of college basketball feeling the blues. 
So uh, in a second here, we're each going to describe which team we think is the most shocking that they are not in the top 25. But first, let me run down who is one of these top 15 winningest programs in college basketball. So Kentucky is 5-12 and overall right now. Kansas 13 and 7, North Carolina 12 and 6, Duke 7 and 7, Temple 4 and 7, Syracuse 10 and 6, UCLA 13 and 4, Notre Dame 7 and 10, St. John's 13 and 7, Indiana 10 and 8, Arizona 13 and 6, Utah 8 and 7, and then finally UC Cincinnati 5 and 7 there rounding out the top 15. So, uh, I'll go first here. I would say Kansas for sure. But, I mean, all these teams not being in it is absolutely crazy. When we had a couple weeks ago, it was like a couple, just a couple of these teams, Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina, that was a big deal. And now you add Kansas and a bunch of these other programs. It's it's just wild. So, yeah, who knows why, though, either. Um, Dill, what do you have, or who do you have? Just the fact that all of them at one time have found a way to all be bad at right. once. I mean... Gonzaga has been very good for a long time, but they're not blue blood though, are they? They're at the top now, you know. No, but it's like a change in scenery, you know what I mean? Sure, that's the point. Like uh, back when Kentucky made the NIT a couple years ago, right. like however many a couple actually is. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati hasn't. I mean, they've been good. They had a couple years ago. Um, they're pretty decent. They've been a good yeah. good program. They were good a long time ago though. Sure, you know, Oscar and Kenny Martin. Yeah, the big O. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that having Coach K not there, he's is, there. Is, no, no, no. I'm saying like. Oh, in okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, like he's with Duke. No, got no exclusive like, news like, here. No, but like just having him, it's like just these legends that you're like, dude, like they're they're not human. You know what I mean? And then this year is just rough. I wonder if that's just a lack of being able to instill their system with the time. Like, if because they're so good and they're so complex that these new guys who, you know, for people coming in or they don't have that second year to develop where you might see some of these guys where they're there for a couple of years and then by year two or three, they're amazing. You know what I mean? And then you really start to see this star uh, flourish. Whereas you don't have the training and stuff like that this year as a team and you aren't able to learn those complex systems. I mean, I, I don't know about that, but I'm assuming that has to play a part of it. Well, plus, too, you got to think, like, last spring you couldn't go to somebody's house and recruit them and meet yeah. them in person. So it's like you got to sound really, really official and stuff on a Zoom call, which is much different than going to somebody's house and meeting their mom or their dad. Totally or like, different Those pitch. are the people you have to win over. You know, the totally kids, different sale. you got to win the kid over, too, but, you know, you have to win over their family and, you know, make sure that they know you're going to be treating their their son right and taking him you know making him become you know a man and you know teaching him all these things and that's really tough to do over a zoom call to get that kind of feel so i think that's a major factor too maybe they weren't able to recruit and it was kind of more spread out or people stayed local or i know a lot of the major names too they had the option to go to the g league like jalen green was one of those kids where he was like ah i'll just go to the g league i'm not going to go to college so maybe a couple of those names went from those these blue bloods to do that because that's you know typically they're not going to go to a small school they'd be going to one of these schools so right but uh doge what do you think is like the most surprising here um who do you have my most surprising would be kentucky i feel like we've always seen them you know 
consistently roll dudes in and out of, of young new talent and then one and dones that make it to the NBA. And a lot of them have had a lot of success. The the Carl the Anthony Towns type, the Devin Booker types, and so on and so forth. Anthony Davis, you can go on and on. Um, and you just kind of would expect that year after year, that's going to be what you're going to continue to see. And being a Florida fan and myself, I've had to watch year after year Kentucky own the SEC in basketball over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, so to see them, uh, you know, seven or eight games under 500 is something that's just, you know, almost ludicrous to watch. It's, it's something that is hard to believe after seeing that program succeed at the way they have for so long. Um, but I, I guess that's just the most surprising for me. If I had to pick another one, I think it would just be Duke. You know, Kansas not being in the top 25 is surprising, but they, you know, still are several games over 500 and uh, and still have, you know, what I think is a good chance of potentially yeah. running through the Big 12 in their tournaments. But Duke sitting right on the, the bubble of 500, they would have to really make some crazy moves here in the last month to really have any sort of shot at it. So I'd have Duke and Kentucky both both sitting out of that, you know, even window of what seems feasible to make it into that bubble is just really shocking to me. I actually just, I'm going to, I think I need to change my answer. I just realized that Temple was on the list. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm <clears throat> not that they're, like, I haven't seen them be, I mean, I know that they're a pretty good team, but. I haven't seen them be super competitive in a while. I'm surprised, weirdly enough, that Michigan State wasn't on this list. I know you mentioned Gonzaga Dill, too, as one of those like newcoming clubs. I was surprised they weren't on here, but they're probably just a newer team. But since we've been really watching college hoops, they've been really, really good with the, with Izzo. So um, I'm sure they're ranked now, so it wouldn't really work for the stat. Yeah, so kind of moving on. Yeah. Um, the, the next point I wanted to make is, you know, from this list of 13, how many do you feasibly see – uh, winding up in the the top sixty eight there for teams that get entered into to March Madness, and Dill, we can go ahead and start with you on this one. So you said the teams that we believe will make it. I think they will got make it in. How of the thirteen? How many do you think can actually make it into the tournament? I think they got rid of the first four this year. Did they really? I'm not. Don't, I don't know that for sure. I know they're not like doing it like normally, where like it's like on Wednesday and Thursday. Like, games start just, like, on Friday or whatever this year. Okay. Um, well, 64, 68. Either way, either way. I'm just saying, like, that might be where some of these teams could make it in. So, that could make your list go from, you know, 4, 5 to 1 or 2 or, you know, 6 to 8, whatever. So. Okay, so through the list here. I'll get on the stats team on that. Kentucky's not going to make it. So, that's one that's not going to. Temple's not going to make it. That's two. Notre Dame, three. Um, Utah, I'm on the fence. Depends how their year finishes out. Right now, they're not in. So it's for UC's out. Okay, so, so they, they are having it. It's just on Thursday. So it's only one day, and it's gotcha. a different day. And then the, all the games start Friday. The first round is all Friday, Saturday. The second round is, is all Sunday, Monday. And then it goes to the next week. So it's kind of like okay. all one weekend now. I would say... For the most part, except for um, the Sweet 16. Eight so. of these teams are going to go. Wow. Wow. Really? Wow. I have, I have like, maybe two. Like, really? I don't, like, maybe not any of them are going to make it. 
Cause you, you add an, for an at-large bid, I know, like, obviously they have the the name, but you got to do well in your conference. You can't just, like, walk in. So I'd, I would think, like, me, I'd have UCLA, Kansas, maybe, like, UNC are the ones that I was considering because they have good in-conference records. And they have a chance to win their conference, but and they have decent records. But, like, yeah, like, obviously like, Temple's not going. Cincinnati's not going, like like the ones that you mentioned. But I don't. I'm not as optimistic about a lot of those. So they're gonna give a bigger conference with a decent record more of a shot than yeah. a smaller conference with a same or better record. Sure, but regardless of conference, in my mind. And you know what they might do too is they might if these teams are close, they might put them in just so they can have the dough from the fan bases because they're gonna need that for this tournament specifically to try to make up some money, but. Like Indiana, they're gonna have it unless they fall off. Ten and eight. You've seen teams that are. A but what's the rest teams. of the Big Ten looking like, though? Um, the rest of the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan's at the top. Ohio State's at the top. Iowa's at the top. So like, they're gonna get Illinois. seven like F seven spots then or whatever. Because Illinois is probably gonna go too. So Wisconsin's pretty good, right? If my I'm point not mistaken. is, they have a strong oh, conference. Team. So maybe the in conference play as well. So is Rutgers. Right. So Wisconsin, they have. A good conference where it's like, hey, look, you guys have the best conference in the league. Your conference record, although it's about 500, you're still playing top tier teams, and we think that you're one of the best 64 teams. 68. I'm just saying though, they only have so many, and like last year, what they have like I think the most was six or seven teams. I guess not last year, two years ago. Geez, it was like seven teams for one conference. That you know that adds up if there's a bunch of them ranked up there. So maybe they could sneak in, but. I think a lot of the teams that are on this list have like to win their conference seed. tournament to get in or like do mm. really, really well up through the rest of the season, potentially, in some of the other cases I mentioned. I agree with you there, T, but I do have a little bit more than you, I think. I was okay. leaning more towards the maybe four, maybe five, but I'm thinking four teams could make it in from this list. If I, if I had to pick, I would say I think Kansas is going to make it in. I think UNC, like you said, teach uh, with their better conference record, twelve, you know, um, that they would make it in. Um, I would also see UCLA making it in. They had just been bounced from the top twenty-five, so they're still in the top thirty teams in the nation right now. Okay. And then I could potentially see Arizona with a good Pac-12 tournament run if they make it to the championship game against UCLA. If that's even how the the bracket wraps up for them, then I think they could find a way into the tournament as well. Um, so I could definitely see those four teams finding their way in. But I, like I said before, teams such as Duke and UK who are just consistently in the tournament, uh, don't be surprised to, to not see them, you know, have a ticket to the big dance. Uh, they, right. They have, what, about 10 games left? They're, playing, they're still playing like 29, 30 games, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, there have been, you know, games that have just been canceled and, and postponed and games that people may not be able to get to just because of coronavirus okay. uh, positive tests. So who really knows? Because, you know, when we were kind of jotting this up, there are some teams that have played six, seven, eight more games than some of the other teams on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to really judge. It's, it's such a strange year with the pandemic really throwing a curveball at, you know, a lot of these teams throughout the season. Yeah, there's seven Big Ten teams in the top 25 right now. So, strong conference. So if, right. you're, if you're competing, you're at a 500 plus a better record outside of conference, like, I think you'll get it. And it's IU, dude. Like, 
I think that they have a chance to like maybe overtake Rutgers. Looking at Rutgers' record in the top twenty-five, they're like eleven and six right now. So it's not like they're maybe Indiana's they're like right behind, better. right? But okay. <clears throat> I'm just saying they're not going to go ten teams from the big main four conferences. They still have to get all those other like conference winners too in there. There's a lot of bids that way. So mm-hmm. it'll just be tough if you're not in the top twenty-five. Like if IU sneaks back in the top twenty-five, then yeah, that I would say they're probably going to go, but. How many conferences go? Uh, like how many at-large bids are there, I guess, is what yeah. you're asking? Let me peep that up. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, how many conference champions are, are let in with the automatic bid. <laughs> That'll be something that could affect, but... The selection committee only selects uh, 36 teams with at-large bids, so... Basically, half the board is wiped from... So, 30 teams that are not at large yeah. get to go. Right. Roughly. Right. Okay. So, some of these teams... Be, some of these teams these... will win at large bids, but... Right. Potentially. I would think. You're, a couple of these teams are going to... Like, Gonzaga's going to win their conference championship. Oh, so they're gonna, oh, They're going to oh, take mean, away... I meant from this like, the list we're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, Gonzaga maybe slips like Pepperdine. Okay. <laughs> Doubt it. Right. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, they are did, they going like, to go undefeated? You think, dude? They're God, they're going man, to like they're going to. I think they played some big teams in their tournaments though. At the beginning of the year, like yeah, when everyone's still trying to figure things out. Uh, so are they? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like an even playing field. Is like, well, we don't know what we got here, and yeah, they won. Great. Hey, I'm not counting. Them. I don't see Baylor going undefeated. No. Well. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. They're 17 and 0, right? Uh, I think unless that changed since we last peeped. I think Gonzaga's yeah. 19 and 0. But yeah, either way. Michigan State not ranked by the way, so they you can include them in that list. They're getting pounded by Iowa right now. My gosh. Xavier not being in there interesting for me. I, are they even playing? I haven't heard anything about Xavier. Yeah, they're playing. They just got smoked by UConn. Um, okay, well, ladies and gents, let's move on here to halftime. Let's uh, let's kick it to uh, you, Doge, first. Where can everybody find our clubhouse-specific stuff if they want some more content other than the pod? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. It is The Clubhouse. Clubhouse is all one word there. And on Twitter and Instagram... You can find us at clubhouse underscore TCSN for the Chief Seats Network. So give us a follow and like, subscribe, all the above um, to our podcast and to those social media outlets. We've been doing a lot more posts and uh, trying to keep up with you all. So would love to have some interaction and, uh, and see what you guys have to say on, on all, those, uh, all those platforms. Absolutely. Um, big deal. <clears throat> Where can we find the uh, the Cheap Seats Network stuff now? Heard we got a new home. <laughs> yep. So Facebook, ladies and gentlemen, has not <clears throat> been changed. Sure. Okay. The Cheap Seats Network. That makes sense. TCSN. It's the root, uh, you know, reason we're decided to change things on Twitter. Sure. We're at the underscore cheap underscore seats. The cheap seats, baby. The cheap seats. Because, essentially, if we spelled out 
the Cheap Seats Network. Twitter doesn't allow that many characters, so right. we're just the Cheap Seats. And uh, the SN portion, I'm leaving it out this week, just for the an- announcement of our new platform on Twitter. Okay. But we'll have it moving forward, so okay. everyone who enjoys the good halftime banter and you know BS that we like to do for what it stands for, it isn't gone. It's just taking a vacation. Okay, sure, sure. Um, just a quick shout out to everybody as well here. You can uh, find me on social media at Butler 3 You can check out Dill there at G8 underscore D-Y-L. Doge is K-W-A-G-B-E-R-T Quagbert on Instagram and at Mr... Is it period Wagner or is there an underscore in there, Doge, on Twitter? Well, no, that's just my little handle at the top, but my actual username on, on Twitter would be Kyle underscore Wagner. Oh, well, I did some terrible research then. That's on me. <laughs> <clears throat> Look at me. Well, he's Mr. Wagner to me. so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, coming up here right after halftime, we have guest Laurel Failers. Um <clears throat> She is one of our uh, good FCC friends there. She has a lot of great content for the Queen City Press. And uh, you can check that out here coming up in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, face and voice of FC Cincinnati, the incredible woman behind the Queen City Press. You know her. You love her. Welcome again, Laurel Thaler. Laurel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming back. We appreciate you having, having you on again. Always a pleasure. So uh, today, uh, as you know, we like to play some games with, we have with our guests. So we're going to do a game called uh, Nothing, Something, or Everything. So we're going to bring up a topic, and then we're all going to go around and say, you know, kind of our opinion if we think that is nothing, if that's actually something there, or if that really is uh, going to be something that is significant to the club. So, for example, for the first one we're going to do here, uh, the league just signed a CBA, and they extended the uh, start date to April 17th. So I would say that would be everything to FC Cincinnati because that means we finally got our season going and now we're getting started. So what would you say for that one there? Um, I would say, yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's everything. You want to have the season. Right. Um, the only reason I would say maybe something is I think actually the league might have benefited if it was actually pushed back a month or two. But okay. if you're doing that, then you're really going to be dealing with a jammed schedule. So I guess I'd, I'd have to go everything. Sure, sure. Obviously, yeah, if we could have some more time to, to warm up with everybody and get everybody acquainted, that would be great, too. So, Dill, what do you think? So, I'm, I'm leaning towards the side that you initially mentioned, Laurel, is that, you know, I think this is something, um, I think that having a pushback start date might condense the schedule a little bit, but I think that it'll give uh, more time for the allowance of fans in stadiums. I think that it'll give more time for the teams to prepare together as well and see some better soccer earlier in the season um, and maybe less uh, early season injury as far as kind of rushing people back on True. the field. Obviously, people are doing training and stuff like that still, but you know, in a, a team setting, um, you know, pushing it back a little bit further, I think, would just benefit them on the injury side as well. So those are the three points that I think that it's something, but obviously it's great to have the season in general. So. Right. <laughs> Doge, what do you think here? Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of leaning on the something around there. Um, obviously, it's everything to be playing a season, so that's that's right, of course. one point in itself. But the, um, I agree that we definitely you know could have possibly benefit, especially in the stadiums, 
uh, from a little bit of a even a later start now, uh, working with the, the minor league team up here that I'm working with, the Lake Erie Crushers in, in baseball, you know, our challenge was, you know, how many people can we even let in the stadium and when will that number begin to rise? So um, it's, it's certainly something uh, that we're getting a start, and at least it is a later start than, than usual, I feel like, if we would have started, you know, mid-March, kind of like we had in years past, you know, that would have definitely been more of a challenge, although Ohio does seem to start, you know, opening up here a little bit more with the curfew being lifted and cases dropping here. So uh, it's certainly something, and, and great to be seeing that soccer is going to be coming back here and being played more in a normal capacity than it was in 2020. So Definitely. Dill, you're up next with a big question here. All right, so the next uh, topic that I want to focus on is the opening of the new West End Stadium here in Cincinnati. Um, it looks like FCC and, and Jeff Bearding just put out a couple dates um, as far as May 1st being the ribbon-cutting ceremony, um, mid-May looking for our, our home opener, you know, opening that, that bad boy up. So mm-hmm. is that nothing, something, or everything? Laurel, we'll go with you first. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been looking forward to the West End Stadium for for so long now. I mean, you, right. I don't. I think you have to go everything on that because, yeah. um, I mean, even though, well, I don't know. That now I'm talking through it. I'm thinking, you know, it's it's going to be sad to be opening a stadium in these conditions. You kind of wish that uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't this year. Now that we've right. been waiting for it all this time. Right. So, uh, I'm. I guess that puts me in the something category then. I'm, I'm in the middle because, you know, it's not going to be the same as opening it in normal conditions. But uh, the player then last week, the signing of Brenner. So right. um, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go in the middle there with something. Sticking so with something. Do you know how many fans uh, are expected to be there for the home opener? Obviously, it's not going to be at full capacity like everybody wants, but. Is there going to be a certain number? Or do you know how that's going to be done? They have not given any answers on that okay. yet. Um, I have heard rumors of that they're hoping for 8,000, but I think that okay. seems really high when you consider. And I know things are opening up and conditions are right. improving and the vaccine being out. So, so maybe it is possible 8,000. But when I look at, you know, the Bengals had a 65,000-seat stadium, 60,000-seat stadium, mm-hmm. and we're only allowed to have – 12,000 yeah, 12, right. um, at the end of their season. Um, and that, you know, when you look at the percentage-wise, the West End Stadium being only, what, 22,000 or whatever it ended up being? Um, right. Having 8,000, that's, I mean, that seems high. But, you know, yeah, maybe by May, and maybe that's what they're proposing, and the state has to approve it. So, you know, the state could always say, no, we're not going to approve that, and then they go down. But maybe they do need to shoot high and, um, and then just move down from there. So maybe that's maybe that's the route where they're going. But um, yeah, they haven't really been able to say one way or the other what they're going to do. <clears throat> okay, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure, and I hadn't heard anything either. So I wasn't sure if you had um, in, any inside scoop. So I will say, uh, for me, this has got to be everything. I think that we're going to close the door on our you know our last couple seasons where we weren't so great. We finally got a new signing here. Um, which we'll be talking about here in a second, and uh, obviously we're gonna have not full capacity, so it, you know, like it is, might be a little bit more of a something than everything. But 
we are going to have fans there, and it's going to be a brand new stadium. It's going to be our own home, and we're going to be able to, you know, hopefully start a new tradition there and, and win some games. So I would say everything here. Um, what do you think, Doge? What do you got? Oh, it's it's everything uh, for me. Obviously, the opening of the stadium not being at full capacity is certainly uh, not the ideal situation uh, going into a brand new stadium. Uh, which is just going to be kind of the crown jewel of, of you know, the franchise's history at, at this point, you know, just having a place that they can finally call home. You know, it Nippert was home for us, but, you know, it was, it was UC's football stadium, and then, you know, we were kind of renting it, it almost seemed like. So to finally have their own place and, you know, have it be, you know, the home of FC Cincinnati, uh, that's, that's everything. You know, it gives you a little bit more of a, an identity to the team, and I think, you know, the design is awesome. It's in a great part of town, and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to. Doge, I know you had a question about the Brenner signing. You know what, what sort of thing should we be looking forward to that? You know, is that is that everything? Is that a, another big step? Is he gonna kind of shift into being the face of the team? What should we expect there? I mean, I think for the fans, it's it's everything right now to have a signing like that. But I, I definitely think they need more pieces to to make it work, especially when you consider. Everything I've read and heard about him is with a sec as in a, like a four four two or you know maybe they could do the three five two. Okay, that yeah, Yap sure. Sam tried, but they don't have the center back that they need to be able to play that system. So they, I think the the two striker system could work um, with. If, I don't know what's going on with Lacadia yet. That's <laughs> still all up in the air. Yeah. But I, that would be a great pairing up front i think if you have lucati and brenner together okay, uh, yeah for sure but regardless they also need a number 10 which you know that seems to be they're working hard on that there's something close on that so um i don't think that you can put everything on a 21 year old that has never played in mls um i don't know anyone on the team that speaks speaks portuguese offhand maybe there are um hopefully he speaks some english i'm not sure on that end yet but uh it's gonna be a a tough transition for him initially because he's not the strongest uh he's only five foot eight he's kind of a smaller guy um and the physicality of the league is going to be a little bit of a shock to him at first i think Mm -hmm. but uh, i do have high expectations for him i mean and in brazil on one of the top clubs in brazil he was scoring basically every other game so if he can do that there I, i think he can translate that to MLS just it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment at first and I just, I just don't think you can say that everything is on this 21 year old right sure Dill, what do you think I mean it's it's definitely exciting he's a he's a young player that we uh, you know hopefully can keep around for a little while um hopefully have some good success with him I would say that it's something until it translates to the field, uh, kind of like what you were saying, Laurel, like we don't know what he's going to do in the MLS, obviously, and he is young, so he's going to go through some growing pains, but um, you know, I think it's something. It's a significant something, but we need a guy who can just score, and you know, it seems like that's definitely just going to be an addition that we need. You know, If we can score some goals, maybe get a couple quick ones in games instead of going into a, a game in the 60th or 70th minute uh, either tied or down one, you know, maybe get an early lead. We can play a little bit better. And we showed some promise under Yap in the uh, MLS's back uh, tournament. So 
if we can find that groove again, which I think we will, this will be huge. Absolutely. So, one other thing we wanted to talk about too here before um, uh, we we end up with this game, and I think this is going to be one of the most important ones we we discuss here is uh, Frankie Amaya recently requested a trade, and I know you have a good uh, article up there on the Queen City Press about it, so I don't want you to give away all the details, but can you just give us a quick update? On you know the status of Frankie, is he still expected to to be riding with the team, or are they looking to trade him now that he requested a trade? I know there have been a few offers, but um, just give us a brief little update on that, and then is that something, nothing, or everything? Um. Okay. Well, with Frankie, this has been something that apparently he had been thinking about for a while. Um, the timing of it is a little odd to me because um, he did apparently make this request a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, I knew that he was wanting to leave. I didn't know it had gotten to the point that he had requested a trade until The Athletic actually came out and reported it um, this week. But um, he, I mean, from everything that I've heard from the team, they they don't want to move him. They, they call him part of their young core, and they see, uh, I mean, he's been a big part of the team the past two years. Uh, he got a little bit of a slow start as a rookie. But last year was starting basically every game and kind of dropped off a little bit at the end of the year when, you know, that was his first full season. And that's a, a tough adjustment for a young player to go that many games and play that schedule that they did with so many games just packed in. Right, yeah. Um, so, so he did struggle there. But they still see him as someone that that can be a big part of the future. And they've, they've always talked about him as an important piece going into the West End Stadium. So... I think that's why they don't want to, to move him. Um, okay. I think that if it comes down to being necessary in order to get this um, number 10, or they're talking about a winger as well, uh, if they need it to get uh, another bigger piece done, then I think maybe there's a possibility and maybe just maybe they are concerned about his you know mentality and, and attitude now that, that he's put in this request. But, I mean, Frankie's going to give 100% no matter what. And, mm-hmm. you know, just talking to some people close to him, um, you know, he is committed to, to coming back. Okay. You know, that's, that's the plan good. at this point is he's going to come back if, if he's on the roster. But, um, yeah, it, it just makes things a little – it kind of gives a, a weird vibe, I guess, going into the preseason when you know that he doesn't want to be here. And I think that did impact the fans, you know, just seeing some of the reactions on social media – I think that, um, you know, they were disappointed to, you know, especially Cincinnati, like people here are so uh, just, you know, we, we all talk about the high schools that, that we right. went to. That's still a question that you get asked if you're from Cincinnati. Oh, what high school are you from? Right. And so there's like this like protection for Cincinnati. And if you hear someone doesn't like Cincinnati or doesn't want to be here, I think that hits the fans a little a little, you know, especially for a player that they, they've they loved and embraced so right. much the, the last two years. I think that was a lot for them to swallow, just hearing him say he didn't want to be here. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know what category to put that in, though, because uh, <laughs> I guess it's kind of a... Um, it could be a nothing, because I think that he can overcome it, but... I think it's, I guess I have to say something because it just kind of puts that out there that kind of makes things a little awkward, I guess. Right. Yeah, I would have to say for me too, it's probably a something just because, um, you know, you don't, 
you never want to hear like one of your favorite players or one of the teams, you know, like favorite players or you know somebody that you know, like you said, gets a lot of fan love and um, has been great for us. Scored scored one of our better goals last year um, of the season too, which everybody remembers. Um, so, you know, I'd have to say it's something for that reason, but also you know. I can't uh, blame him for being a bit homesick and, you know, maybe wanting to be on a better team. Nobody likes to lose and nobody wants to be far away from home. So, and like this year has been crazier than any year, you know, anybody's probably had in a long, long time. So hopefully we get back to playing and we get back to, you know, scoring some goals and winning some games. He'll be around. So I would say something, hopefully it's a nothing, kind of like you said, Laurel, but um, it's certainly not everything. I, I don't think we need to look you know, too far into this. Plus, I mean, he's a really young guy too. It's not like he's an old veteran making this move. You know, he's a young, a young kid. So, you know, maybe he's not as experienced with what he wants to be putting out to the media or whatever too. You never know about that, I guess. So, um, but I know Frankie can hold his own and if he's going to be here, he's going to be committed to the team, which will be great. Dill, what do you think? I want to lean towards the nothing side of things. I think that the biggest thing, you know, Get a couple games in. If we can make it into the season with him still in the roster, if we can succeed early, I think that things are going to completely change. Um, winning and scoring goals and, and being competitive in games in any sport changes an uh, athlete's mindset as in, in a fan base's mindset of, well, we didn't look great, but we won. You know what I mean? Like You can get through a lot more if you're winning than if you're losing. Right. And I think that if, unless, you know, I think that was a great point, Laurel, when you mentioned... Uh, if he would be, you know, an asset to, you know, moving somebody else around to get a winger, get, um, you know, a number 10. I think that if that plays a role into it and we can get somebody out of it, okay, maybe it is time to part ways. But he can be something special here, and he has been so far. And he's only starting his career. Um, you know, he's a, he's a young guy, and I think that moving forward, this will be something that's just kind of blowing some smoke here. and You know? Hopefully, right. Yeah. Uh, Doge, what do you think? There's certainly something there. Uh, I, I can't quite lean towards the nothing side. Um, just because <clears throat> being more into the young talent, young star that we were kind of hoping for him to be, you know, and, and obviously there are some more holes that we are looking to fill in that, you know, DP10 position as well, is, you know, we are trying to build that young core of of players like Laurel had mentioned and with someone like Frankie coming out and saying maybe Cincinnati doesn't have my interests or my goals at heart I could grow elsewhere having that picture painted on on the franchise's you know reputation isn't something when we're trying to isn't something you want to have when we're trying to sign other players such as Brenner uh, to bring in and, and build and bolster the roster in that way. So that's not necessarily the light you want shining on your on your franchises. You try to build up a team and, and work into the op system there. So there's certainly something there. I hope we can uh, change his mind a little bit, and, and once we get our roster situated and, and brought into the new stadium, and if we can gain some early success in the year, that that's something that could change his mind and turn him around a little bit. But there's certainly something there with a player – uh, his reputation on our team coming out and demanding a trade uh, just this close to the season. <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. Um, hopefully, like we are all saying, we can work it out and it's nothing, but it's at least a little bit something there. Doja, I know you've got the next uh, 
Next question in the game for us. What do you got? Absolutely. So, you know, there are some some players that have uh, moved on from our roster, uh, a new look on the team um, with Greg Garza, Kendall Waston, uh, Spencer Ritchie, Bertone, Deplon, Goodman. Uh, we'll actually be meeting with Waston uh, next week in our episode, uh, mm-hmm. chatting with him a little bit. But what does that look like in trying to fill not only all those positions and those players' roles, and, but also trying to fill a captain's role? You know, is that going to be a challenge for us moving forward, or have we already kind of started to to put in the work to to fill in those spots? Is it something, you know, nothing or everything for for having to fill those those roles of those veteran players? Um, you want to start with me or? Yeah, we'll go with you first. Why not, Laurel? You've got the oh, inside stuff. Go on this time. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go first. Okay, I would say uh, um, it's certainly something. We've got a lot of a lot of uh, people to replace. Um, a lot of important players. A lot of you know fan favorites. Uh, like we mentioned, Kendall Waston, big fan favorite of ours. Um, he'll be on our show. Looking forward to that. Um, but a lot of really good players. You know, Gutman I thought was very productive last year um, at the left back. You know, we need to, to hopefully get another midfielder, especially if um, Frankie is going to be, uh, you know, demanding a trade more throughout the season. We're going to need to replace him because he's another great player. Um, if Lacadia is going to be, uh, you know, revoked from his loan or, or gets, uh, you know, sold somewhere else, that's going to be another guy we need to replace. So I think there, uh, it's certainly something, but we're on our way with the, the big Brenner signing, and we've uh, added, you know, Calvin Harris in the draft there, uh, Ben Mines, a couple other names. So. We're on our way to building the roster back up, and I think we're going to be certainly competitive this season. But um, I don't think that we lost the world last year, and I. But we did lose some some major guys. What do you think, Laurel? I'd, I'd probably go in the something category, um, but I, I think I don't have a problem with any of the players that they um, shed contracts this year. Uh, I guess from the year before too. Uh, I, I love Kendall Waston as a leader and captain for the team, but he really just didn't fit the style of play that Yapstan wanted. I'm, I'm going to miss having him out there just for uh, – he was always great to talk to. He was great with media, mm-hmm. uh, and he was great for the fans and, and just bringing along the young players, and he was well-respected in the locker room. So that's, that's something that they're going to be missing for sure. And, you know, um, I think Harris Badunyanin is going to have to – I mean, he's already been kind of a mentor to Frankie uh-huh. um, and some of the other guys. So I think that he's kind of going to step up in his leadership. Um, okay. I, I don't have – I know Andrew Gutman, you know, I, I thought he was a good defender. I didn't feel like he fit well into uh, just what they want out of their fullbacks or wingbacks, however they play them. Certainly um, replaceable, he, no He kind doubt. of struggled in the attacking third. I really kind of hesitated, didn't – he always kind of crossed it to nowhere or yeah. crossed it too far. Um, so I, I think that uh, Ronald Matarita getting him, I think that improves that position. So I mm-hmm. think that they are upgrading everywhere that they needed to. Uh, so I don't have a problem with, you know, even though, you know, we have some of these connections to these players and they, they played valuable roles within the team in the past. Um, Spencer Ritchie, I, I am going to miss him as well, I guess. Uh, that was one that, it's you know, nice. I figured he was probably going to want to move on because he could see that uh, TT was always kind of favored ahead of him. Yeah. Even though it, they ended up kind of splitting the time and goal just because of injuries. Um, but I, I'm glad to see him go on to – he signed with Seattle, so he went back home to play for his hometown team, and that'll be a good 
chance for him. Um, yeah. And now we've got Cody Cropper kind of stepping in to replace him, which I will have an article on him in the coming weeks. Uh, okay, sure. He's an interesting um, guy to come in as the number two and maybe even pushing TT as the starter. So Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like... I look forward to that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah just, there's been so many... Uh, other things I've had to, I've kind of had to put that on the back burner with all the signings and right. rumors and trade demands. So, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that it's it's something that they've been able to um, see where they needed to make some upgrades, and now they were in a position where they were not tied to these players. Whereas last year, you know, Gerard came into the his first off season, and he knew he couldn't just you know, get rid of everyone on contract. You can't, that it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, he, they bought out Audie's contract and, uh, you know, there's another player like that, that they, that they end up waving to make room in the roster for some of these players that they're talking about. But, uh-huh. um, so I, I think there are still a couple pieces that could get moved. Um, but I, I think they're in the right direction with, with where they're headed with the roster. Absolutely. Um, Dale, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, obviously last year's roster was not the formula we were looking for, so some roster manipulation is definitely needed. Um, <clears throat> I think that we have a pretty good young core. I think that some of the guys that have been around a little bit longer, uh, we just need to see kind of how it all fits as far as the, the new pieces um, with the departure of who we mentioned earlier. I would say overall it's a lower bracket something. You know, I, I think that the points of Spencer going home to his hometown, you know, good for him. Like, okay, like that's that's something, you know, we can move on from. We we have a guy who, you know, is solid in in, uh, in between the pipes right now. So I would, I would lean towards the lower something bracket. Okay, okay. Um, Doge, are you sticking with something like uh, like everybody else here? Are you thinking it's a little more everything or maybe a nothing? Yeah, I'm going to stick with you guys. Uh, okay. Hop on the bandwagon there for the something train, obviously. <laughs> um, missing out on, you know, the captain's presence of Kendall, kind of like we mentioned, but also, uh, you know, losing some other guys that had some good veteran presence. But as Laurel had pointed out, maybe, you know, great players, skilled players, but players that maybe didn't fit the system that Yap was, was trying to bring into the team. Right. And that's something we just absolutely have to embrace. So, you know, it, there are definitely some holes to fill uh, with those guys leaving, but maybe something that can turn into more of a scheme fit for the system that Yap's trying to implement at FC. So uh, certainly something there, but, uh, you know, looking ahead optimistically, uh, there's there's a lot that we can can build on and grow to try to fit that scheme uh, moving forward with this this new look of a team here. So for sure, absolutely. All right, so that'll be it for the game there. And then one last question here before you go, because I know uh, you know we don't want to keep you for too long. There are have been a lot of rumors kind of going around um, about some players, you know, potentially being added, and you know. Obviously, with Frankie being traded out, potentially, obviously, we talked about that um, not happening. But what else could we potentially expect here before the season starts? Or is there um, a player we should keep an eye on? And there's been a couple names flying around. But is there anything you can give away or uh, anything you can hint at? Well, the, um, the Athletic reported about um, Luciano 
uh, Acosta, and mm-hmm. I think that does seem like it is getting close. Um, okay. They do have to acquire his rights from DC United, um, but that okay. would be the one I would say seems a little closer than, you know, PD Martinez. Right. I, it's a little confusing what's going on there um, okay. because they they did come to terms with his club in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. um, Al Nasir, and now like it's coming out that uh, they're dealing with some financial issues there. So they they might be trying to move him. And while I do think that he did, he was open to the idea of coming. Um, I don't think that they would have moved forward with trying to get him and going through the process. I mean, Gerard Nijkamp has said that they are having conversations about the allocation spot because they would need the number one spot in the allocation uh-huh. um, order to to get him as a player coming back who was transferred out on a fee of more than 500000 I think it was actually $18 million. Yeah, it was but, a big one. Um, have to go through that process. The team is not going to start inquiring and moving to get that spot if they don't believe that the player is going to come. So mm-hmm. there's definitely something there, but it also seems like you know, he put out something on social media saying he was he was happy with his club. And so I know that's led to some questions from fans, like, right. well, why is he saying he's not going anywhere? Uh, but I, I just think that there's um, there's obviously something holding it up in the allocation process. And maybe, you know, PD might have changed his mind. Who knows? But that one, it's, it's a little more unclear. So, But it does seem like, um, and if he is, if Acosta comes, I'm not sure that they could do both. PD. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask if it was like an yeah, either or, or both that's kind of thing. That's going to take a lot. I mean, they definitely would have to move Lucadia unless Acosta can come on a TAM deal, but that seems like I think he's getting paid $2 million right now by Atlas. So um, I, okay. I don't think that they could do that. And okay. have, that, I mean, they'd be over on DPs. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause they, let's see. Yeah, it'd be Brenner. Yeah, you definitely have to move Lacadia, but I just don't think um, with Lacadia, I think that's something to keep an eye on too. Is just, you know, right now he's just here on loan, and right. we haven't really seen what he can do. To me, I think you you got to give him a chance, especially if you're talking about Yuya Kubo. I think so. Saying saying mm-hmm. that he, you expect better things from him in year two. Well, why wouldn't that be the case for Lacadia? Um, you know, he came into the league and did really well. His first game off the bench scoring and looked really good in the preseason. Um, everything I've heard was he was the best player on the field and, and the preseason game they played against Philadelphia. Okay. Um, hmm. And so I just think we haven't, I think that shutdown really affected him and we haven't seen what he can do. So right. I, I hope that he does get another chance to, to show who he can be in MLS. Yeah, plus him and Brenner up there could be really, really dangerous. Both those guys can score from seems about anywhere and, and are both pretty aggressive. So that could be a, a really fun uh, little front attack there too. So um, is there any uh, anything going to be addressed here on the defense or is it just we're just looking to add a, another you know midfielder to, to dish the ball out to everybody that we've added so far? Well, Gerard does say that he's still working on a center back, which we have not heard. I haven't heard any – rumors or anything right. connected to who that could be i, I mean it's got to be a domestic player okay. just looking at where they are in their roster with international spots i don't see them being able to to go international in that position 
Um, but yeah, it's something that they, they're working on apparently, but we just haven't heard any news about it. So, okay. um, I, I think the focus has been on trying to get the number 10 cause that's the biggest need right now, but for sure. Um, I mean, when you move, you don't have Kendall Watson back there. Um, you know, bringing Nick Haglin back, he had a really great end of the year yeah, last year and I think he could I think that the guys we have now could play really well in a three-back system if they have one more guy. That you, but you just can't do that with – you basically have three center backs right now. So, right. Um, I mean, Zico Bailey, I guess, could play in the center spot. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, I yeah. mean, it does seem like they're really focusing on the attack, but they did bring in their new left back. Um, they've got to figure out who the backup is there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the thing that I think has been interesting is we haven't heard anything about the right back spot. Like, they have not mentioned needing another, you know, a right back. So it'll be interesting. Right now, it looks like they're probably going to use Joe Jow there. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, is it going to be Joe? Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't see him as a right back, but if they're going to play it more like a wing back than, than he did that last year and can do well in that, that Yeah, role, he was pretty think, good at that but, last year, um, so hopefully. I mean, he's a better winger than a defender, so. Right. Um, That's for sure. Otherwise, it's it's probably Saad Abdul Salam uh-huh. and Zico Bailey as a backup. So I, I think they could upgrade that position, but I think they're content right now with what they've got. Okay. Um, Dill Doge, you guys have any other questions for Laurel here before we uh, let her go? Um, no, I mean, I think that's perfect. Okay. You know, hopefully we can bolster that, that back line a little bit more. Obviously, a lot of the talks that we've discussed today have been, you know, offensive players and, and new guys coming in, and obviously with Frankie being up there in the midfield as well, discussing that. But, you know, hopefully there is something in the works that we can bring in a domestic guy to bolster that, that back line, and I think we'll, we'll have a good setup in, in letting those younger guys and, and Lakadia grow up top and uh, – and hopefully that's something that can really shine for FC's system moving forward. For sure. You got something, Dylan, yes? Or? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think we hit, um, you know, some good points here. Went into some of the main points in detail and just ready for the season to start in uh, yeah, very about excited. two months, right? Yep. Yeah, just about. Yep. Laurel, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? I know you've got the Patreon and stuff, but... Uh, just tell us where we can find all that stuff, where people can follow you and whatnot. Yeah, so I, I was on Patreon. It, I still am on Patreon, but um, just about a month ago, I actually kind of rolled that into its own website, so it has its own brand. So that's Queen City Press, and it's .net. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't just get .com on that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it is a subscription-based site, uh, but I try to keep the rates low, so... Uh, I've got a couple different tiers uh, with a $3 rate that gets you access to everything minus the mailbags that I do, which is a chance for readers to ask me questions. And I go pretty in-depth in that, and that comes at the $5 a month rate. It's just kind of the perk of of getting that higher tier. But, um, yeah, there are a few stories I do put out on there for free. For, I know everyone doesn't want to subscribe to everything that's out there, so... Uh, you can still check it out. There are some free stories on there, but it's queencitypress.net. And I'm always on Twitter, and I answer questions all the time, so feel free to, to hit me up. Um, it's just Laurel, Absolutely. L-A-U-R-E-L, Failer, P as in Paul, F as in Frank, A-H-L-E-R, um, at Twitter still. So. 
Yeah, everybody definitely check out her stuff. It's worth the you know the five dollars for to get the questions and stuff. All the articles are great. I was checking out a couple yesterday before the show to you know make sure I was caught up with everything you were doing, and it was really really uh, informative and intriguing. And you know it's not just you know a typical typical article. They've got really good photos and, and you know other clips and things like that. So really really check it out if you can. If you got the extra dough. Uh, it's definitely worth getting if you're an FC fan. So check that out. And um, thank you, thank you again, Laurel. We really, really appreciate you coming on um, again. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on here maybe mid-season or sometime in there when we're scoring a bunch of goals, winning a bunch of games, and having a bunch of fun. So thank you again. We really, really appreciate it. I hope that that's what I'm writing about because I felt like I was writing the same story over and over again last year. Right, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm happy to – to come on anytime so thank you so much yeah absolutely we appreciate it and uh have a great rest of your weekend you too thanks laurel all right we'll see ya. bye all right that was a great interview with laurel there we really appreciate her coming on she's always got great stuff and uh, we're looking forward to having her back sometime you know maybe mid-season or closer to the start of the season here so um last thing before we go uh let's do a little buzzer beaters gentlemen um anybody want to go first you want me to take it here boys I like yours. Yeah, you like mine? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I control about this because it's funny, but it's also an incredible stat. Um. Also, I don't know where the people find these stats too. It's just hilarious that some, this is just like what a weird number. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, in terms of three-point attempts for their first sixty-four attempts of their career is behind only one other shooter all time. The man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bird. Let me read this list for you. Larry Bird, 31 of 64. Peyton Pritchard, 30 of 64. So fast PP right there. Reggie Miller, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He can shoot the ball. 24 of 64. James Harden, he's kind of a shooter. I don't know if you've heard of him. 24 of 64. J.J. Redick, he's been known to... uh, you know, shake that net a couple times. 24 of 64 as well. Steph Curry, not sure if you've heard of that guy. Just the best shooter of all time. 23 of 64. Ray Allen, all-time Celtic, all-time shooter. 22 of 64. So, Peyton Pritchard off to a great start if he's going to end up being one of these all-time great shooters. I'm not going to put that on the young man yet because that's a little ridiculous, but it's really nice to see that the Celtics got a young shooter because that's something we really needed in the draft. And if you can be mentioned with any of those names, especially Larry Bird, you know you're doing something right. So hats off to Peyton Pritchard. Really, really enjoyed his play. Incredible defender, incredible shooter, and uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do for the Celtics the rest of the year. So, um, Dill, I'll give it to you. What do you got for us? Um, yeah, so something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, I uh, invested in a... Oh boy. MIDI device, which for those who don't know, it's essentially an external uh, piece of hardware for like music making and things like that. Ran into a little bit of an issue last night trying to get things uh, set up for my music making uh, inexperienced self. Sure. Currently on the market right now for a new piece, a new investment. So, wow. I'm excited about that. 
Hopefully I have some good news coming back on Tuesday with an update. I can't wait for Tuesday, man. Tuesday's going to be a good one. Very exciting. I'm excited. Very exciting. Kendall Waston, baby. The captain. Uh, Doge, send this show off with the right way. We know you got a great buzzer beater for us. Beat it. So I'll keep it on the bookends of the NBA on both sides of this podcast. I opened up talking about the Lakers, and I'll close talking about my first overall draft pick for my fantasy basketball league, Luka Doncic, who last night had a career high in points scored uh, in 46 points in the game last night. So really impressive stuff from him. And uh, looking forward to continuing watching this guy play. He's just out of his mind good. And... uh, you know, he's, he's truly something to watch. So tune in when the Mavs are on. You might just see something special with Luca. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Appreciate you guys, uh, as always. As always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Laurel, for coming on. Thank you, Dill, for coming on. We appreciate it, dude. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Doge, for coming on. We appreciate it, as always, my guy. Of course. Everybody, thank you for listening. This is... The Clubhouse.